podcast this season. That's a great idea. Let's... Are we jinxing this or what's the deal here? I feel like there's some bad voodoo karma going on. I don't know. Let's, let's handcuff ourselves to watch the Leafs collapse finally after years of verging on it. Oh my god. What is happening? Seriously, like first game in the States, you get so excited for this and oh my god, a huge loss. Seven to one? Really? Like... I don't know what the hell is going on. We've had so much discussion last night about power play, about giveaways, about so many things. And you would think the Leafs would do something about it. But I don't know what I just watched. And I'm just so frustrated at this point. (sighs) Welcome to Leafs Late Night. Roscoe and Steph um, were, like Steph said, 7-1 for the Penguins. And this is, uh, on paper, again, a team that the Leafs should easily beat but uh, again don't Uh, it's becoming too much to say it's bad luck and and coincidence and all that and like is this team just not working I know right like you don't know what's going on because we like you said when you see it on paper you have Kapanen Jake Getzel and Evan Rodriguez centering this first line and uh, fun fact, it's the first time that Cappy plays against the Leafs since the whole Canadian division thing last year. So right. I bet he was really looking forward to this one. Unfortunately, he did not sink one, but uh, it didn't matter anyway. <laughs> no, he was flying, though, tonight. I thought he was going to get one. Uh, it's funny that the first 10 minutes of the game, I was like, oh, or maybe like first five minutes, I was like, damn, Penguins suck. And... Um, the last like three minutes of the game, I was like, "Oh, Leafs could do something here." Unfortunately, the you know, fifty minutes between that, the Leafs let in seven goals. So, uh, yeah. <clears throat> uh, Spezza though, um, the uh, highest paid player and captain of the team, uh, Jason Spezza scores. Um, <laughs> this is just getting ridiculous. Like he can't, he can't one man this team. No, they keep moving and, him up. They put him up with Matthews and Mar- or, uh, Tavares. What kind of combinations do you have to rely on time and time again? Like, good old vintage with the goal there. But damn, like, we just talked about this last night. He's getting the league minimum. He's doing everything the Leafs can ask for. And all that you want in return is something from the top two lines. I mean... Including the game tonight, Matthews has not scored an 8, Marner in 14. So, yeah, and Marner has a good record when it comes to playing the Pens. He has 11 points in 11 games prior to tonight, so it gives you that high hope. Even last night against the Sharks, Matthews had the similar stats where he outscores the Sharks every time he faces them, but no, like... Yeah, he had never not scored against the Sharks before last night. Yeah, but the first period was all right. Uh, You know, it was a 1-1 period. Bad opening uh, couple minutes there with Tavares getting a stick in the face and having no call. That was insane. Right after. Yeah, and then Spezza gets the call for the interference. So it's like, okay, fine. But then shortly after, second career goal for O'Connor. Lucky bounce off the hip and in. 
good on the kid. I feel like all the rookies get their first or second goals in the NHL against the Leafs. I don't know why it always works out to be that way, but it's just yeah. It's, it's the way the curse has uh, reared its head this season. Um, Matthews yeah. still can't score. Marner still can't score. Uh, well, I mean, Matthews, I guess, did, but it got called back because uh, Spezza got a penalty, I think. Yeah, honestly, like, you see that puck go in the net, and then the the ref is blowing the whistle, and he's just waving his arms. That's no goal. That's no goal. And everyone's just like, really? Yeah, of course not. Like, we needed that. But, you know, I thought the Leafs had their momentum going in the end of the first period, and uh, there was a huge block by Brody on the two-on-one, which created that uh, free space for Spezza to sink it in with less than a minute left in the period. But... When we got to the second period, oh my god, just goal after goal after goal. and Off of Lilligren's stick and off of Muzzin and off of, like, it's tough. Like, I, I know these guys, it's it's one thing to fight against a team that is outplaying you. It's another to fight against bad calls and bad bounces just in a very short yeah. amount of time. Like, they just look deflated after that. And Keith was yelling at the refs like there, nothing was going their way, nothing. Yeah, seriously. Uh, literally within 15 seconds, the Pens sink two goals. Keith calls a timeout, and then the next shift, there's a big turnover from Riley. And thank God, uh, Campbell made the big save there. But no, just shortly after, Leafs are late on a change, and then. Campbell has to stand on his head again and then there's another giveaway in the neutral zone which which results in the cross ice pass and it goes off Muzzin like what was it 3-1 oh. when he called the timeout I've never seen a team proceed to let in four goals after calling a timeout and not score like that's insane yeah seriously and then the Leafs go on a power play which it you think this is a must score power play but no just this power play like we've talked about over and over again I don't know like the Leafs were set up tonight they were getting some good shots on net but nothing was going in they're leading the league in chances by like a mile to second place Ah. it's insane and nothing is going in the back of the net like I I don't understand how they can have this I don't know if they're shooting it straight like it's tough it's tough to really to dissect like what's not working for them because like we've been saying they're getting all these chances and they're getting frustrated and then progressively through the game getting worse because they're getting frustrated. Like Yeah, and then that frustration turns into stupid penalties, especially in the offensive zone. Like what was oh. Marner thinking hooking the guy behind the pen's net? It's just over and over again. We're like we need ch- a chance to survive here. And then the third period starts, and who do we see in net? Ugh. Good old Hutchison. Yeah. And, oh, my stomach just turned at that point. <laughs> so 5-1, end of the second. Uh, I guess Campbell was probably pretty dejected. So they put Hutchinson in, and uh, I think it was like 10 seconds into the period, the first shot on net goes in, and then... I don't know, 30 seconds later, the second shot on net goes in, like... Yeah, (sighs) yeah, of course, it's Boyle, good for Boyle, 20 seconds later, but everyone was late on that play. The only person back was Brody. Like, thankfully, we have Brody there, but 
doesn't matter because even with the lines changed again in the third period, the lines uh, were Bunting, Matthews, Nylander, then Kerfoot, Tavares, Marner. Oh, I couldn't keep track Richie of the got, lines. Yeah, Marner Richie was got benched. bumped again. Yeah. <laughs> well, with all the penalties, I don't even like he didn't skate for the first uh, six to eight minutes of the third period. You just wonder what was going on. And then he comes out and takes kind of a knee on knee collision and limps off to the bench and i mean it didn't seem like he stayed on the bench so he didn't leave it didn't seem like it was something serious but i mean that's not what he needs right now is a sore knee or a bruise or something like oh my god these guys can't catch a break uh keith even switched up the defensive pairs too at one point it was lillian muzzin on the third pair sandine and hall uh to, no, sorry, Sandine and Lily to Sandine and Hall. So they were literally trying anything at this point. And all I noticed tonight was that the pens were just flying up the ice and it's just another breakaway, another two on one. I'm like, oh my God, this neutral zone possession is just horrible. And it didn't make sense because when you look at the possession times from the Leafs versus the pens, it's for the Leafs. They usually have the puck majority of the time, but oh my god, it's just so it just drives me insane. <laughs> I want to see how many turnovers they had tonight because that it was just oh, that was the hardest thing to watch. Yeah, seriously, if you look at those uh, graphs, it's just going to be all yellow because the Leafs did outshoot the pens but every other category even on the dot they were not good tonight matthews was losing almost every single face off so it's not like the leafs uh so far this season they've been amazing on the dot and we've praised them thus far for that but yeah it's oh my god and then that fifth uh power play bunting with the elbow in the offensive zone and and you get a brawl from Richie and Simmons. and <laughs> Oh, that was awesome. I mean, wow. <laughs> you just see Simmons take the two-handed slash and then straight, like, popcorn gloves goes right into the fight. Ugh. I mean, yeah, not that it meant it... anything at that point. It was too late to turn it around, but I don't know. A little you, too you, late. You like to see... Everybody was kind of looking depressed on the ice, and it was nice to see a couple of them, like, you know, I'm not losing this 10 to 1. Like, we're not letting anything else in, even yeah. if we don't score. Yeah, I was surprised to see my boy Camp uh, minus four this game. Oh, yeah. oh my god! Just we've been talking so highly of their defensive game, but I think what happened tonight was everyone just fell out of it. Like even the goalies, like Campbell let in a horrible goal. Hutchison, well, we knew what was going to happen there, but what do the Leafs do now? Because Let's face it, the Pens did not have Crosby, Malkin, Carter, Rust, Latang. <laughs> but Tristan Jari's now 3 and 0 this season, so he's yeah. playing well. Doesn't matter who's in front of him, I guess. Like it it didn't look like the Penguins were playing like a an amazing team. They were jumping on every loose puck. They were pickpocketing the Leafs left and right like they were just faster, opportunistic, and taking advantage of a very, 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 very sad Leafs roster. Yeah, seriously. Uh, they took that opportunity while all these superstars were out of the lineup and just went with it and made the best out of it. I mean, the team is 33-15-8 without Crosby and Malkin, but 
this makes for a very comfortable position for Sid because he can take his time. He can do literally whatever he wants to heal because the team is doing very well without him. So, hey, why not, right? But, oh, man, I just feel like I'm sighing the entire time because... <laughs> do we watch this team? Yeah. So, okay, let's say we do like a who wears the win or loss who who played well in this 7-1 loss on the Leafs? Because, I mean, not a lot of people did, but there were a few that did, in my opinion. I'm interested who you think stood out. Yeah, that's a good question. Um, I automatically think of Spezza because he is the ultimate leader on this team, and he's always there, even though at the end he seemed like he was kind of standing around the net and didn't really help with the last couple of goals. But... <sighs> I definitely blame this loss on a lot of the decor, especially Muslin and, Muslin and Hall. Oh, oh my brutal. god, even Riley. But I don't know. I cannot say one specific player who did very well, and it's kind of hard to when you see the score. No, I, I agree, but I I gotta say, like, Spezza did try to keep everything together as much as he could, even into the you know the final minutes of the third there. Some penalties aside... And I think, um, though Bunting took some bad penalties as well, he was he was fighting too. I mean, it's tough. Like you say, the decor played absolutely atrociously, like top to bottom, and no switching of the lines was going to solve that. But I don't know. I think my favorite line that they uh, that Keith threw out there was uh, the Taveras. Spezza Matthews line, which I uh, called the "Please fucking score" line. <laughs> Because, yeah. like, what? Three centers. Here, the three centers. Let's go. Please, somebody, somebody score. Yeah. I feel like at this point, you can put all the players' names in a hat and just pick out three random names. And they've probably played on the line uh, in the last two games because yeah. the lines have been mixed up so much. And Keith is just trying for anything. And then when you look up at Dubas, you're just like, oh, he looks oh so pissed. God. Well, it's just 12 goals against in two games. Like, yeah, this is the worst they've been in, in the last couple of years. Like, uh, I mean, you mentioned this is the first time they've let in seven goals in the last two years. Yep. The first time it's unbelievable. And we know that there's a lot of jobs on the line because the Leafs have to make the second round of the playoffs or else we're going to have a whole new management team. It's going to happen. And people are scared. Not not even just the players, but it's just the higher-ups. They're just sitting on the edge of their seat right now, and they don't know uh, when the big boss is going to come out and just start naming names and calling them into the office. So, Do we think that might be sooner than, than if they don't make the second round of the playoffs? Like, I mean, I think that was the story if they came out the same way they did last year and were, you know, top of their division and scoring like crazy and Matthews is, you know, chasing the, uh, the rocket, but that that's not the team we're watching right now. Like, I think expectations might be different now that we're in game. What is it? Game six or seven. They've played now six, mm -hmm. but six, I, I don't think the threshold is now make it to the second round. It's now like, Guys, we got to win or your your clock might be up a little sooner than you were thinking. 
Yeah, it's literally getting into a hab scenario where tonight was a must-win situation. And I know that the Leafs have won two games thus far, but it's turning into a deep, deep hole. And you don't want to dig yourself out of such a deep crater-type hole because the morale on the team is just going to disappear. So... As fun as it's been to just trash the Habs uh, start to the season, the only thing separating the Leafs from having the same record of 0-5 or 0-6 to start the season is Jason Spezza. If he did not score the goals that he's been scoring and created what he has been, they'd be in a very, very similar position. Yeah, I totally agree with that. Spezza has been the heartbeat of this team alongside Campbell, but Campbell really just gave me shaky vibes tonight like especially on the one goal the wraparound where he was just a tad too late because oh, he knew was it so wasn't tough. uh yeah and yeah it wasn't a big name coming around but you need to play you need to be there it's and then you you can tell on the on his face he's just taking everything so hard and love the guy like i still stand by my statement from previous episodes that he is an elite goaltender, but tonight just wasn't the night for the Leafs. Yeah. Um, Did you realize that Zach Hyman alone has scored more goals this weekend than the Leafs have? Of course. How can I miss that? Seriously, five same. five games? (sighs) It's sad. Currently, yeah, Nylander, Bunting, and Spezza are tied with two goals leading the team right now. Wow. And even with the Pens, like, we ask ourselves, how are the Pens going to handle losing such big names out of the roster? And you know how? 12 different scorers out of the lineups have goals. Sorry, player in the lineup. So, and tonight they're just adding to the list. So it's a team effort, and the Pens clearly show the way um, with that aspect because we cannot rely on the top guns anymore it has to be everyone everyone has to show up day in and day out yeah unfortunately the uh team is not financially structured to expect the same out of the top uh, as you do from the bottom of the lineup but we'll see um let's move on um last night at the end of the game i mean there's some things because we rushed to hit record the second the game ends so we can get our podcast to you as quick as possible. Uh, there's some things that we miss, uh, whether it's post-game interviews or um, just some antics. Uh, there was a Matthews jersey thrown on the ice at the end of the last game uh, in San in Toronto against San Jose. Uh, it's tough. Too soon? I mean, it, this is the time to overreact. You know, it's, it's like we wouldn't be talking about the Habs the way we are if it wasn't you know, the time to talk that way about all of our teams, but it's like the jersey burning at the end of last season. Like, it's your money. I mean, I get that you're making a statement, but I don't know if it's the right one. Like, yeah, it's hard. I was expecting to see some jerseys on the ice tonight, actually, but uh, the building didn't have much blue in the stands like we heard on the on the show Uh it's just with the border situation, Canadians can't go down to the States as easily. But yeah, the faces in the stands were not impressed for the ones wearing blue. No. Uh, One guy was crying. <laughs> Shut <yeah>. up. <sighs> yeah. 
That was Poor hard. guy. Um, another Poor thing guy. that came out in uh, Sheldon Keefe's post-game interview is, um, as we kind of mentioned on our show, was we didn't notice Nick Ritchie appear in the uh, the third period there. I think it was sometime in the second even he got benched. Um, and Keefe was asked about this. And, you know, he responded, I think, appropriately by saying that um, you know, everybody's going to pile on to Nick Ritchie and ask me questions about him, but, you know, he plays on a line with Matthews and Marner, and they share the same blame. And I get it. It's like he can't bench Matthews and Marner. I mean, he can. Clearly, he benched Marner tonight. But it's not going to solve his problems by benching Matthews. Like, he's not going to score all of a sudden from the bench. Like, that's just impossible. Like, the, he needs to find a solution for it. And if that means switching up his line mate, and maybe then there's no place for Ritchie, I get it. So mm-hmm. I think it's it's tough to want to blame the new guy and especially Hyman's replacement. Um, but I think, you know, he doesn't have the same expectation as should be on Matthews and Marner to score. Yeah. And that's exactly it. It's easy to play, uh, to blame the new guy. Right. And Hyman left some huge shoes to fill when he left. So yeah, I'm glad Keith didn't, uh, protect Marner and Matthews in in those interviews but he's right it's the entire line it's the entire top six and tonight it was everyone oh yeah (laughs) oh my it was just literally everyone even Spezza on some plays but yeah it's it's hard to just call out who did what blame this do that it's it's just especially when the score is so high on one end of the game it's oh it's just defeating. <laughs> yeah, we're kind of beating a dead horse in this episode, but I mean, you're with us. If you watch the game, it was uh, there's not much to say other than that was that was just really bad from everybody all around. Um, I I really don't have much else to say on this game. Uh, yeah, just, um, unfortunately. Yeah, let's let's look ahead and hope that uh, you know the Hurricanes is not a um, similar game i mean <sighs> yeah well freddie is uh now four and oh to start the season with a 0.938 safe average so far so i'm assuming freddie is either going to kill it or the leafs know how to put the pucks behind him time will only tell i'm really looking forward to seeing uh Freddie playing with the Canes versus the Leafs, but uh, Freddie's gonna get a shutout. Yeah, it's a scary thought. He's gonna get a shutout. I'm calling it right now. Like they're not gonna. Now that I I kind of put my head into uh, like away from the game that I just watched and kind of think about. All right, let's let's go ahead and oh Freddie right Canes right Cock and Yemi and Aho. Yeah, they're not gonna win. They're not gonna win. Yeah. Well. I have to be positive. I really hope they pull through the win, but <sighs> anytime there's a the story, going. they don't win. And yeah. Freddie is a story. That's all I'm gonna yeah. say. <laughs> well, the Canes in themselves, huge story. Even tonight against the Columbus Blue Jackets, they scored three power play goals. If the Leafs want to go anywhere in this league, they need to get the power play going, or else they're just they're screwed because if you look at the scores tonight there were tons and tons of games happening around the league every single one had power play goals so it's a very very essential part of the game 
Yeah, you would think. Like, <laughs> but it's the reason the Arizona uh, Coyotes suck. They have like a thirty-three percent penalty kill right now. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess with that, let's let's take it to scores around the league. So uh, we had some games earlier today. Um, the Rangers were here in town in Ottawa playing the Sens. Uh, beat them three to two. Uh, Capitals lost to the Flames four to three in OT. Uh, I just want to bring up the Rangers game for one second. Sorry to cut you off, Johnny. No, do it. But perfect example of how to come out of the hole. Rangers were down 2-0 till the third period with 3.20 to go. They scored three goals. Like, Leafs need to take some notes here. And they swept their road trip first time since February 2015. Good for them. Yeah. Sorry, I had to add that in there because I thought it was just great. No, it it's was... it's honestly like good for them for a comeback. Um, also, in the, the Flames-Capitals game, Lindholm had a uh, hat-trick for the Flames. Patty. Glad I have him on my team. Yeah. Oh, nice one. Uh, Ovechkin and, uh, on the other side with a goal and an assist and four shots. So, good one there for him, fantasy-wise. Yep. Five-game point streak for Ovi. So, Oof. I definitely think he's going to hit that... Uh, goal mark i don't know if he's gonna get 50 but you you know i i really think he's gonna get a 40 plus goal season but time will only tell especially now he's not even playing with backstrom he's backstrom is not even a thing right now so yeah he's off to a hot start (laughs) i'm just looking at this wild and uh anaheim game so the wild won four three in overtime and like 11 different people on the wild had one point nobody had more than one point (laughs) Yeah, Hartman with the OT winner, but I noticed that as well. Uh, the Wild, just like the Pens, pretty even scoring throughout the roster, and that's how you win games. So good for them. Uh, moving on, Jets and Predators, high scoring game. Jets took it six to four. Uh, yeah. Nick Cousins on the Preds with uh, three point night. Uh, so did Novak. So some notable ones there. Also, uh, Tomasino on the Preds with a two-point night. So, I mean, even in a a loss there, if you've got any of those guys, it's a good one. Big Uh, note for that game, too. Blake Wheeler, Mark Shifley did not play tonight. Second game in a row for Shifley out because of COVID protocol. Blake Wheeler now on the list. So there's two of your top guys out of the lineup, and they still pulled off the win. So... Yeah. Good on them, too. I've had Wheeler. He's been out for a while. He's only played two games this season. So happy I have Connor on my fantasy league. <laughs> he has two, <sighs> I think, two power play goals tonight. Oh, beautiful, let me tell you. Yeah, Nate Schmidt with three assists on the night as well. So, uh, lovely night for fantasy all around. Lots of high-scoring games. Uh, Panthers took the Flyers 4-2. to two. So, the Panthers continue their winning streak. 5-0 and oh to start the season yeah. with uh, Huberto picking up Dose. First game back for Keith Yandel since the Florida Panthers bought out the final two seasons of his contract. So big homecoming game for him. Big win for the Florida Panthers. Uh, like I said before about the power play goals, both sides are scoring power play goals. This is just the formula to win games. So... <clears throat> It's, yeah. Yeah. I'm just glad I have these fantasy players. 
<laughs> I didn't have a great night fantasy wise because I have Jack Campbell, Jake Muzzin, and Austin Matthews on my team. Oh. Yeah. Campbell posted a, a seven and a half goals against average by getting pulled. So that's mm. awesome. I have him on one of my fantasy teams, but I I'm in five leagues and oh, yeah. I do not have another Leaf player on any of my rosters. <laughs> I know it's so sad to say, but hey. Uh, so the Avalanche and Lightning went to a shootout, as would be expected in a simulation if you were to run these two teams against each other, I think. Um, McKinnon and Stamkos on either side scoring. So basically, if you were to run a simulation, this is what would happen. <laughs> Yeah, it's literally a Stanley Cup contender showdown. Yeah, Avalanche took it uh, four to three though, advancing themselves to a two three and zero. Still a bit of a rough start for them, and putting the Lightning at two two and one. So Another big teams with meh starts. Yeah. Oh man, just Valesky owners are really kicking themselves in the butt these last two weeks because the numbers have not been great. Also, uh, Devils beat the Sabres. So the Sabres finally lose another one, but this one was an OT. He's still got a point. They're 3-1-1. One, one. Man, this team holding on. Yeah. Ty Smith with his season debut. I really don't even want to read this one. Um, the Canadians finally won. 6-1. to one. They beat the Red Wings. So after what, who's going to score and what's happening, who's getting fired, who's getting traded burn the stadium down uh the canadians win perot gets a hat trick uh so there's the scoring they found it yep hoffman gets his first with the Habs. same with devorak uh it's not even coming from the top line it's the second and third line but there's another power play goal with hoffman right in that slot so i'm happy for montreal they avoided that horrible record they were about to bound themselves to but they needed to win this game it oh, was a yeah. must win and if it was against any team in the league it had to be Detroit it, it, it's your best odds so if they lost this game that would have been just horrible yeah Larkin picking up the uh, lone goal for the Red Wings uh, a couple still in progress but the Blues are currently up 6-3 to three over the Kings in the third so big one there and nice. uh, Islanders and Coyotes playing in Arizona, and the Canucks playing in Seattle with their home opener? Yes, home opener for Seattle in the brand new arena. Uh, they couldn't have the chance to practice there this week because there was a couple concerts in place. They only hit this fresh ice for the first time this morning on the morning skate, so... 97 years later, Seattle is back in the NHL from the old name Seattle Metropolitans to the Seattle Kraken, and finally they have a home. Uh, Tanev said in an interview that he predicted the building will kind of be like Vegas and Winnipeg, just loud. So I'm really excited to watch uh, th this game and see what happens. But, you know, another interesting part or point about this arena it is the first in the world to earn a zero net carbon certification from the international living future institute with that being said that includes solar panels on the roof and the ice will come from collected rainwater that is so cool good for them i saw some shots of the inside of it and they have like these 
kind of suspended wood panels that had holes and like vines coming through them and stuff. So they, they're going very green with it and I like it. Yeah. Uh, hence the name climate pledge arena. Good so for them. Did you see on Twitter, uh, the Canucks tweeted, let's spoil homecoming. <laughs> <laughs> That's clever. Oh, yeah. speaking of tweets, um, the, uh, Carolina hurricanes kept their, um, little tirade against the Montreal Canadiens going into the next morning. Um, <laughs> I missed this one. They started, so after they um, beat the Habs and uh, roasted them on Twitter, they woke up and tweeted, good morning to everyone, but especially to us. <laughs> I like, love it. It's so good. It's so good. I love it. I love it. And the f- other teams are following suit with the social media, media wars and People are all for it, right? Especially you see the Vancouver Canucks tweeting tonight because you know it's going to be a potential rival. It's the closest team in the Pacific to the Vancouver Canucks. Seattle, it's about 225 kilometers away. So it's going to be great. This is just history in the making. Oh, it's it's great to see. And um, it's like we were saying last time, they uh, they need to get some more fun into the league. And this is fun. Lean into it. Yeah. Uh, so we're going to get into a little dartboard pick here, uh, courtesy of our, our friend at Darty Broder on Instagram, at Darty Broder on Twitter. So uh, we started this game last night. The way this works is we're going to read a take, a greasy one from, uh, from Darty, and see what it scores on the board. So let's, let's kind of solidify this. Are we throwing one dart or three? Uh, I guess it depends on the take, does it? <laughs> I guess. Uh, whatever you want to do, Johnny, I'm all for it. I'll throw the one, I'll throw six, three, whatever works. All right, let's go um, th- Let's go with the two Leaf ones, because the topic of this show has just been the Leafs and what are we doing. Uh, so the first one is the Leafs will lose both Jack and Morazic. I'm assuming to injury is the, the point, and will force the trade of a key player. Ooh. Now, I mean, Asterix, let's let's edit this a bit. This is like, if Jack and Morazic, by a combination of injury and, you know, maybe some bad play, does Dubas look around for a goalie? Like, is that, especially after we've just watched a 7-1 loss between both goalies they have on hand? Yeah, it's definitely possible, especially with Morazic going down in the first game. And now we have Hutchison, which is unreliable. And Campbell can easily get injured at any point in time because we know he's going to be the number one starter. And it's or just literally let in five goals in a period. Like it, you never yeah. know. Like it's he could just have a bad stretch where they need somebody else to play. And if Morazic comes back, and I mean he's had a history of injuries, there's no guarantee that he comes back and doesn't tweak something again. Like, they, yeah. they can't rely on Hutchinson as a backup, clearly. I'm sorry, Mike, this, but... This take is my worst nightmare. I would not want to get a key player from this trade, but it's definitely something that's possible. If I were to throw a single dart at the board, I'd probably have my eyes closed just because of how gruesome this thought is, but... Since the probability is so high, uh, I'm struggling. I'm going to have to hit a 10 
on the board. Oh, I knew you were going to say 10. I was like... <laughs> How did you know? I just... I felt it. Uh, I know. Yeah. It's... It, when I got this, like, he sent me all of these at once. And when I got this one, I, I kind of was a little hesitant. And I was like, this one's not going to really. And then they lost 7-1. And Hutchinson had two bad games back-to-back. So it has made me completely rethink this one. Um, they now have some pieces kind of on the fringe uh, as far as wingers that could move for somebody. I mean, it's, it's tough. Like, I don't know what the going rate of a goalie on the trade market is because we just saw flower go for literally nothing so i don't know what a goalie's worth yeah. uh <laughs> and or, or who's even in a position to trade one like yeah it's seriously it's not like they grow on trees they're a very very hard position to land and the leafs have been historically bad at drafting goalies for some reason they just keep missing those so yeah, and speak sorry go, go ahead, ahead. No, I'm I was just gonna, gonna say. <laughs> this is what happens when we the are Leafs on the lose. same thought. Yeah, we're just so frustrated, and we just oh, I just can't handle this. But I was just gonna bring up since we're talking about goalies that Jack Campbell is in his final year of contract as well. Yeah, and Leafs will have to be on the hunt anyways for a goalie. This or, might just speed up the uh, search process. Yeah. And that's why my dart is hitting a 10 on the board, because this is a huge possibility. And just because Jack Campbell's contract is in its final year, it's, there's no certainty. certainty. So I... I'm just going to, I mean, so let's say perfect world, Moraza comes back and he plays like the tandem goalie he's supposed to with Campbell. They split the net. You know, neither gets overworked. One has a bad game like tonight. Mraza can come in maybe even after the third goal because I think there was a hesitancy after the first couple to throw Hutch in net. Like, that's why they waited till it was five goals. Like, mm-hmm. uh, so I think if that plays out the way that it's supposed to, where we only have about another week and a half, maybe two weeks without Mrazek, this the probability goes lower like there i can convince myself of either scenario but i'm gonna try to err on the side of positivity and go with like a three because of what i know of dubis and not wanting to jump on a move like that and being very stuck with the core he has yeah like, he made the move to bring in Morazic, lock him for three years to have that safety net if they do lose Campbell. So, mm. I mean, that was that seems like it was his big goalie move. I can't see him doing anything more than that. Yeah, I'm just afraid of the scenario where we lose Campbell and Morazic, and we're only left with Hutch as a 1A goalie and some, maybe, Wall as the second goalie. And, mm. like, what would go on you know and we see all of these random uh see off-season acquisitions with the these random goalies we've never heard before and then finally we've we would be in a scenario where they'd have to play but we all know they're only junior material i mean we were in this position last year dude had to pick up big save dave and that 
didn't really work <laughs> out, but we were in the position. Like, didn't have backups, lost everybody to injury. It's, it's totally a possibility. I just, I'm going to try to err on the side of positivity and, uh, and say that it's, it's lower. I'm going to go with a three final answer. Okay. That's <sighs> fair. This is tough. It's always tough to, <laughs> to try to digest. Like it, the first five games were not good win or lose. Like they haven't been playing well. So just like this, this game almost seemed like the culmination of the season so far and where it was headed if they didn't fix anything like this is the course that they have set themselves on they haven't corrected it and this is where we are 7-1 yeah just brutal embarrassing especially on a Saturday night looking forward to watching the Leaf game and oh it's and I find myself sighing again on the podcast just (laughs) Oh my god, I'm sure the the listeners are just like, wow, this this girl just cannot stop with the oh my gods, but you know, oh my god, what are we supposed to do at this point? Honestly, uh, what are we supposed to do? Um, I do just want to give a quick shout out to our listeners. Uh, thank you so much, guys. We just hit uh, 100 downloads and 100 followers on our Twitter. Our Twitter's been super active. I live tweet along with every game and uh, people have been replying and interacting with us and it's been it's been really fun so uh tweet along with us at uh leafs late night on twitter and uh we're international i mean uh i just want to give a quick another quick shout out to uh luke man at 194 underscore luke man who's listening from all the way in australia at uh wow. after listening to the hockey game at 10 o'clock in the morning tomorrow <laughs> so um it's just a uh, shout out to all the fans and, and people who support the show yeah awesome thanks luke like thanks everyone we appreciate we appreciate your support and hope to keep this going in the right direction and hopefully the leaf the leafs will win the next game but (sighs) let's uh let's kind of ride this positivity for a sec um we have a little little funny thing let's go for um some funny fantasy league names we've heard uh did you have some that you found stuff Well, the idea came to mind when I noticed you, Johnny, changed your fantasy team name. (laughs) Which I'm regretting now. (laughs) And it went from Stacks of Cache to... Campbell's Campbell's over over. (laughs) Habitant, because those are two kinds of soup. (laughs) If you're not from... uh, from Canada, or I don't even know where they sell this soup. It's like a, it's a canned soup from Quebec called Habitant, and which is you know the nickname of the Montreal Canadiens and Campbell's soup. So I thought it was, I thought it was clever. I think you just jinxed yourself in Campbell. I did. Yeah, my first one, <laughs> Stacks of Kasha, was I was trying to work Richie in there too and do like a whole money theme, but eh. yeah. It's hard with the witty puns. And I got to give it to one of our fantasy players. Uh, Shout out to Molly. This is my favorite one. Ain't no halibut girl. (laughs) That's amazing. (laughs) I love it. I've never heard of this fantasy team name before. So big shout out, Molly. This is our reigning champion, too, from last year. First time player. So proud of her. Mad about myself not placing, of course. Uh, Well, I placed third. But this rookie just came out of nowhere and took the crown. So 
hey, now we have a full season to play with and there's no more luck. So we'll see. But back to our fantasy names, there's a couple funny ones in our league alone. We have uh, Kyle with Dude Wears Makar. That's <laughs> that a nice my, one. <laughs> that was my favorite, I think. Um, then we, yeah. I also that love was uh, great. Too, too Rask, Too Furious. Yes. Matt being a huge Boston fan. Oh my god, all throughout our friendship, it's always Boston, Boston, Boston. So, of course, he had to have the Boston name. And then we have Andy with Release the Kraken. Yeah. Nice one. That was all right. It's funny, the Boston thing with Matt. I, um, growing up, one of my best friends, his dad is a huge, huge Bruins fan. And, uh, you know, I'd go over there and the Leafs and Bruins are playing. He's got his jersey on. And uh, if it's the playoffs, every... Uh, th- this is like flashback to the years where the Leafs just played the Bruins every year in the playoffs. Yeah. Uh, I go over there, and for every uh, game that the Bruins won, he would hang another jersey up from the ceiling in their basement. <laughs> so oh, I'm going over there, and we're trying to, like, you know, party and whatnot. And I'm, like, trying to dodge all these... Bruins jerseys and not get distracted by <laughs> Bruins stuff. Like a maze. Yeah. No, I got him wow. once though. Um, he has a Bobby Orr figurine that's uh, part of his little Bruins shrine, and I took um, from I forget what it was from, but it was a a little golf club that happened to be the same size as the stick in Bobby Orr's hand. So when the Bruins got knocked out of the playoffs, I switched this hockey stick out with a golf club and just left <laughs> nice. it there. Nice. Got my little my little lick in, but that was yeah. That was always a joy when I was younger. Yeah, and back to these fantasy names. Uh, while it's still fresh in my mind, uh, Andy had the release the Kraken name. I in one of my leagues, I named my fantasy team Cracking Cold Ones. I thought that was <laughs> a little better than release the Kraken. But hey, shout out to Andy, you're the, you're awesome. Uh, don't hate me, Oof. but. <laughs> Cracking cold ones is good. I like that. Hell yeah. And then my current fantasy team name for which Johnny is a part of is Mission Impassable. I had to go with the Bruin stack as I discussed earlier in this podcast season. And it was so hard making up Bruin names, but Mission Impassable. Oh yeah, that's a good one. uh, I'm trying to come up with one for bunting, um, but I mean, he's not on my team, so I was trying to pick him up. But I wanted something bunting yeah. and uh, and baseball related because the World Series is on. Yeah, but uh, if anyone out there has an awesome fantasy name, please tweet us at at uh, Leafs Late Night with your funny or any type of fantasy team name. We want to hear it. I want to laugh. So reach out. We need some ideas. <laughs> Oh, you heard her. So that's uh, at Leafs Late Night on Twitter. And uh, just a quick other one I have to add is uh, at Darty Broder once again on uh, on Twitter and on Instagram. Thank you for the takes for our dart board. So yes. uh, this seems to be a trend with us. We'll go a little lighter on time when the Leafs lose because there's, uh, there's less to talk about and we seem to be in uh, less of good moods. <laughs> yeah. Sorry to damper the mood, but... I would have an Ed's text, but the only thing I have from him is uh, I'm watching the baseball game. Oh. Nice, Ed. He switched the channel. Oh, yeah. Come on, Ed. Yeah. I mean, I would have if I didn't have to watch the game for this show. Yeah. 
<laughs> Honestly, I don't think I would have uh, I would have watched after those two goals on Hutchinson at least, if not sooner. Yeah, my dad wouldn't have even turned on the game. He would have just saw the score and just been like, "Nope, dead." <laughs> and uh, I hate to say it, but for another Saturday in a row, Hockey Night in Canada was pretty lackluster again. Yeah, I I noticed that too, and. Like, even the panel, they were discussing a bunch of topics and such, but I don't know. It wasn't that interesting no, and to it's, me. It, it seems like they have too many topics sometimes, too, and, and McLean's, like, rushing them to finish something up. But it's like, as soon as people start enjoying and laughing about the thing they're talking about, they, like, have to move on to the next segment, and they cut them all off. It's, yeah. I don't know. And this table is, what is with this table? It's round. Yeah, and what's with the round table? On, we're on the back of two people's heads for a long time and uh, it's it's very yeah. strange i've never seen anything like that yeah it's literally giving me that 70s show vibes with the camera turning around the table and who's gonna te- take the next hit out of the ball <laughs> yeah <laughs> like... <laughs> i uh I, I tweeted about it some people were mentioning you know this is um what happens when you fire don cherry and i mean I, i'm not gonna get into too much about him personally but i think there is something to be said about having a personality because there's definitely a bit of personality and enthusiasm missing from that show and yeah and like somebody who enjoys being there and wants to build hockey night in canada into a program and not just kind of you know oh this is one of the 15 segments i'm on like i mean i love fridge and uh and merrick their 32 thoughts with uh, mclean is is pretty good but i mean i like their podcast yeah. and things outside of it better and i think if they're going to bring them onto hockey night in canada stick them with people that are less like professional as they are maybe a little more fun to kind of add that twist into the broadcast like here we have the pros of 32 thoughts you know the the hockey wikipedias let's put them with you know like how they've got biz nasty with gretzky on on tnt like it's yeah you gotta you gotta mix it up and have different attitudes to kind of you know, it's like Keith changing up the lines on the fly. You can't just put the same thing yeah. out there every night if it's not working. I thought even with the topics they were talking about tonight, they were a little late on some. Like no everything kidding. they said tonight, I knew already. I, I know I do a lot of research myself and I'm, I follow like crazy. You know, this is my biggest pastime. But damn, even talking about that Superman punch with Keska, I'm like... You guys are late on this. This was last week's news. <laughs> yeah, they were talking about the Leafs dress code too, which was, I mean, I get it. They're only on on Saturdays, but we hear from all of, or a lot of these people in between those Saturdays. So it's just, it's kind of weird to just force this strange group together to talk about things they've all already talked about individually or on different shows or radio shows or podcasts. It's just, I don't yeah. get it. It's just repeat, repeat, repeat. And I get it. Like a lot of the fan base watched hockey on saturday nights but i'm looking for something new something fresh and to keep me entertained and you want your viewers glued to the tv but yeah tonight was a little dull not gonna lie yeah it was you know controversial as he ended up like people stuck around to watch don cherry whether you know they loved him or hated him like that was a thing for a long time and it's it's very clearly a hole there that they've been struggling to fill and i didn't think they would struggle this hard for this many years to fill that 
Yeah, whether it was just tuning in to see what kind of suit he was wearing or oh, yeah. they didn't even care about what the guy said. It, it was just pure entertainment. And I get it with the whole like being politically correct and what's right, what, what's wrong. But you're absolutely right when you say there's a hole and something is missing. And They tried Strombow and that didn't really work. And I don't know. They got to bring somebody that's a character within the hockey world and not somebody that's a character within CBC's world. Like, it's just, yeah. it's strange. So strange, but like here I, we are. Yeah, I would like to see somebody like, I mean, Kessler has proved himself to be quite the personality with all of his YouTube shenanigans. I mean, mm-hmm. I don't know how much, is he still playing? <laughs> I don't think so <laughs> track of it. i really don't think he does, so he doesn't. Um, but check out his youtube page if you haven't he's got some really funny videos like he would be somebody that'd be good to bring on like oh that biz nasty clip so many people sent it to me uh talking about getting horned up offensively and they all just start dying and gretzky's just <laughs> in tears like <laughs> that's one of the best clips i've ever seen of a hockey broadcast and tnt has had the rights to this for like two weeks <laughs> Yeah, seriously. <laughs> uh, all right. Yeah. Uh, we're going to close it off here. Um, remember to follow us on Twitter. We, I promise we're going to be up on YouTube soon. We have moved over to a couple new recording softwares. So we're up in our game over here. Um, big things coming. So stay tuned Ooh. on Spotify, on Audible, and on Apple Podcasts for our new episodes after every Leaf game. Yes. On oh, big one on Monday. Looking forward to it and pray for the Leafs. Pray for the Leafs. Pray. pray for the Leafs. Catch us back here on Monday night after the Leafs take on the Carolina Hurricanes. Have a good night, everybody. And have a good day from the other side of the world. See you all Monday.